Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're here in beautiful Manila, Philippines. We're actually in a suburb now called Quezon City, Philippines, uh, which is technically a different city from Manila, but they're connected. There's a subway that uh, connects the two cities. We were in Manila for the last two weeks. Uh, we're in Quezon City, and then we'll be heading up to the province uh, where my wife's family is. Uh, we'll be heading to La Youth. La, the, the proper pronunciation is La Union. I keep saying La Union, so but it's La Union. <laughs> so we'll actually be heading over there, and uh, I'll be uh, continuing our podcast and videocast. And if you want to follow us along on our Daddy Blogger World Tour, make sure you uh, check out daddyblogger.com for more pictures, videos, blog posts, and, of course, podcast interviews. We're almost at 400 interviews now, and uh, it's a miracle that we're able to do these interviews, even though we're hopping around the world and uh, joining from different cities and uh, even different restaurants. So I'm here at a uh, shout-out to our sponsors here. They're not really a sponsor, but there's Gong Cha, which is a famous bubble tea uh, chain across Asia. So I'm here at the Gong Cha shop. And uh, the Wi-Fi seems to be holding up, so apologies if there's any Wi-Fi hiccups during the podcast interview. But life as a digital nomad means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. And uh, on today's uh, episode, I have the pleasure and the joy of interviewing uh, Mark Firth. He's actually joining us from another capital. It's a capital uh, in South America, uh, Bogota, Colombia. And uh, we had the opportunity to visit Colombia last year, and uh, I really fell in love with Colombia. It's my favorite country in South America. We had the chance to visit every country in South America, but definitely um, Colombia is in the top three, Colombia, Peru, Brazil, and I absolutely love uh, Medellin and uh, Bogota, uh, incredible city with uh, the amazing view from the mountain there. So our guest is joining us uh, from there. He's also a fellow podcaster, a fellow entrepreneur. He is uh, originally from England, but now he's an expat, expat in Colombia. Uh, he, he has a lovely kid as well, so he's a fellow dad as well. So. Uh, Mark, uh, why don't we get to know you firstly, if you, uh, you want to quickly do an introduction and share a little bit more about yourself. Hello. Well, yeah, as, as Ricky said, my name is Mark. I'm based here in Bogota. I arrived here seven years ago, getting on towards eight, and I actually last week got residency. So I'm now an official resident of Colombia. And the way I arrived here wasn't like, what happened was this. I spent my 20s in um, business and business sales. I got to like the age of 29, I was like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. And I had no idea what I was going to do, so I took a year out. Um, arrived here in Colombia, as Ricky pointed out, it's a wonderful country. Came to like the time when my flight was booked home, I was like, hold on, I'm not going home. <laughs> didn't take the plane home. And I guess you could say my year out became my life, because now I'm here with, as, as I said, with my son, my family, I run my business from here, I'm a resident, I'm settled, I'm fluent Spanish. I can't dance, but you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting most of the Colombian stuff down, you know? So yeah, that's pretty much an overview of who I am and how I ended up here in Colombia. So amazing. Uh, tell us firstly, uh, from the UK, what made you choose Colombia in particular? Was there a particular reason that you actually made it down there from all the way from Europe uh, in the United Kingdom to of all places, Colombia? Well, it's actually, I didn't, it, it kind of chose me. That's the way I always think about it because I originally had planned to take a year out and spend it working in, in Canada. And um, so I was in Vancouver. I had the visa. And to be honest, at that time, I, this is no criticism of Vancouver, but it didn't feel like where I wanted to be. That was very difficult to get part-time work. 
that was that was reasonable, that was progressive, that was teaching me to learn. And that I always say, if I'm not learning, you know, that's it. So that so I was already thinking of where I should go next. And just for a guy I met one evening in the place I was staying, he had a friend in Bogota, uh, and he put me in contact with him, and uh, and the rest is history. I literally booked. A, I travelled across to Seattle. I had a friend there and booked the flight to. Um, Fort Lauderdale and for Fort Lauderdale flew into Medellin and yeah that was it so I, it kind of chose me and then yeah the rest is history. So tell us about uh, the last seven years uh, you, you mentioned you came there and uh, you didn't probably know you're going to be there uh, you know uh, having a kid and uh, working there seven years later tell us about the formative years trace it back to the very beginning uh, in terms of those first few months the first few years how was it like? So I went from, <laughs> to kind of capture the change that I experienced, I went, to, I went from a um, pound sterling, over, earning over 100,000, a BMW, a flat in, in Kensington, which is a pretty affluent area of London, to bitterly unhappy, and being bitterly unhappy, to living above a bar, earning next to nothing, and um, doing some part-time English teaching. The, the, the first couple of years I spent doing kind of part-time English teaching because I didn't want to do anything serious but equally I wanted to get some of the culture I wanted to meet people and that was the ideal way to do it and I actually really enjoyed English teaching and and, and, and it's interesting because I had no intention of doing English teaching longer term and I didn't know whether those skills would ever be useful in the future but when you're teaching a second language you have to really get good at um, explanations concise succinct clear and now that I'm teaching it really helps me having done that. so i did that for the first few years then i started an english teaching business then i started a sales training business and then i took it the sales training online so the formative years were kind of fun relaxed it was just, i didn't even have an internet on my cell phone and i loved it and it was like i was earning the, the least i ever had in my life and it, it it was just kind of like the um what's the word i'm looking for it was it was the medicine i needed at the time having come from this job in the UK and being unhappy, it was just perfect, you know? Because um, you, you've been to Colombia, you've experienced it firsthand, Ricky, you'll understand that the, the, the view of life, the way people live is very different, I guess, um, certainly to the United Kingdom in terms of where I was. Now, that's pretty much how the formative years were. So uh, tell us about uh, the different uh, businesses. You, you mentioned, obviously, you were a teacher, then you started a business school, then you did sales yeah. training. So you evolved in terms of being an entrepreneur. Uh, so uh, what is the latest generation? Uh, what, what does it look like now from those early days to being an English teacher to uh, how is your business looking now? So anyone that knows, anyone that's a business owner that's listening to this, that's a fellow entrepreneur, will completely understand the process of building a business is iterative. That's to say you're going to do lots of things until you settle on it. And I have to say all the ones I just described, they were just kind of, I was kind of flirting with them when I look back. I never took it really seriously. But the priority that I was kind of enjoying, it wasn't until last year when I actually put some serious money down and hired a mentor that I actually started taking things seriously. So what I've managed to get to um, through this process and through every kind of formative experience in those years and the decade before is I now have a LinkedIn program. So I've made the most of my business to business experience. The fact I was on LinkedIn in 2007, the fact that I was using it and I've distilled that down combined with my experience last year working for a couple of internet marketers actually, because I went from B to B to going to the end of a funnel, kind of the online marketing funnel, B to C. 
I've combined it all into this kind of LinkedIn program. I haven't yet managed to get the Spanish into there, but you never know, Latin America might grow. Big LinkedIn program called the LinkedIn Business Academy. Awesome, and uh, one of the things we love to do on the show is we love interviewing expats about their, um, you know, like uh, their business, but also about how is it like to adjust. Uh, we're here in the Philippines, my wife's uh, from here, so we're considering. Uh, we haven't fully committed to being expats here, uh, but because it's so cheap, uh, and I know Colombia is very similar to the Philippines in terms of cost of living, uh, we're considering it. We're considering maybe uh, putting our kids in school. Uh, I work online, so I can work from anywhere pretty much, and my wife's looking for some IT work. So uh, I'd love to hear, uh, how is it like to be an expat? Uh, you know, both the good and the bad, because not everything's going to be great, and you're going to have the peaks and the valleys. Uh, tell us about how is life and as, as an expat living and working in Colombia? Yeah, it's a great question. You're right. Look, I always go on the ethos, nowhere's perfect. <laughs> everywhere's got its good things, everywhere's got its okay things, everywhere's got its not so things. How was adjusting to life in Colombia? As soon as I, as soon as I learned Spanish, I'm, I'm pretty good at Spanish now. I've done sales training in Spanish. My understanding is tested at native. As soon as I got that life, but a bit easier. Having said that, there are some things that, um, so, so the overall good is, is for me living in Colombia, I'm on the same time zone as the States, and my, I, um, most of my market is. And I have this great cost of living and it's a lot more relaxed the cost of living. I actually did some um, cross-cultural training, a company asked me to, um, to do that. And the biggest, uh, Hofstad has this model of, of culture and, and, and Colombia is known as a collective country. That means everyone likes to do things together. It's got some of the roots and Catholicism and, 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 and things like that. But yeah, that's the biggest difference. Everything has to be done in a big group. And I, I, I love it. I love this focus on family. I love this focus on doing nothing on a Sunday. Literally, the whole city sits down. That said, the negative is this. Um, for me, this is purely an opinion, in case anyone from Colombia is listening, because like anyone, I take pride in my home country. And this is not a criticism, it's an observation. Anytime I have to get involved with the realities of living here, that's to say legal stuff, um, renting an apartment, getting a visa, anything that involves paperwork and the government is a bureaucratic nightmare. This country runs on rubber stamps. Literally, I've got to go and tweet to get my ID card and I've got to go and write off a day of running my business just because it could take a day. It could take two hours. It could take a day. It, so, so there are some frustrations that I have around... <laughs> The bureaucratic processes but overall you know I wouldn't change it and yeah I'll be honest you can't get curry here decent curry and I love curry I'm British you know so overall it's great experience until it gets to the nitty-gritty but that's the same in any country you'll go to I'm sure people when they go to the UK are like what the hell's going on here with the visas what the hell's going on here so yeah overall good yeah like you said there's no perfect uh, city there's no perfect country, no perfect continent. There's going to be problems. And uh, you got to pick uh, based yeah. on what is important to you. Is it the economy? Is it the climate? Is it the lifestyle? Is it the family values? Is it the location, the geography? Uh, you yeah. got to weigh, weigh all those uh, factors and then make the decision on what's right for you. Uh, so you've obviously chosen Colombia as your home, home uh, and native land and uh, you love it so much you not only uh, love the country you fell in love with the local Colombian and now you've uh, uh, birthed a little Colombian baby as well tell us about that how was it like to meet a Colombian how did you find how did you find her was it online offline 
walk us through that journey of uh, meeting in Colombia and, and, and then, of course, having kids together. So my partner, her name is Paola. She's actually at work at the moment. Previously, I had a job where I was teaching English and we met through that job. Um, how long ago did we meet? Do you know what? This is one of the things I forgot to mention about Colombia. Like, if you ask me when something happened or how long something happened, I literally have no clue because there's no seasons. All the years just blur into kind of one long year. I mean, because I'm British, we have a winter, we have a kind of summer, which is summer-ish, and we have distinct seasons. But I think it was about four years ago we met at work and and yeah, we, we, we got together and by this time we fell in love. I mean, Paola's amazing. I absolutely love Paola. And uh, our son, Sam, or they pronounce Samuel. We, I call him Sam, but here it has to be Samuel. So it's Samuel Arthur uh, Firth Carvajal. Because in Colombia, of course, you have two second names. You have the, the one of the dad and the one of the, uh, the father. Whereas in the United Kingdom, they get rid of one and it would just be the father's that continues. But he has two, two surnames. So yeah, we, we now live in this, uh, this, this, this apartment. This is my office within the apartment. He's in the other room. I'm surprised you haven't heard him yet. He's constantly trying to get down to the office to try and get in. Because you know what kids are like. Where they can't be, they want to be. Where, where they can be, they don't want to be. So we have a, luckily the apartment's very well distributed because I do a lot of work on video. And look, most of my clients understand. But you know, if you're, in the, if you're in that part of a sales call where like you're talking investment you don't want a kid running in but yeah so he's he's lovely and uh, and he's going to be bilingual i mean he's a bit slower on um starting to talk but apparently that's very common with bi like bilingual children because they're going to learn two languages um and he's going to be much better at spanish than his old man because like my spanish is good but i can't shake the british accent and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that it just sounds terrible Sounds great, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, you love Colombia. I love the um, love the people, and uh, you obviously love the language too because uh, you've learned the language. And one of the keys to integration is to learn a language. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people that'll move to a new country, and it might be like here. I'll give you an example. I'm here in Manila, Philippines, and in the Philippines, a lot of uh, expats who are married to Filipinos and they don't speak a word of Tagalog they might say like hello and thank you but they don't know the language and they haven't put in the effort and energy and uh, that's one thing I wanted to do differently I'm actually in the process of getting a Tagalog uh, teacher and a tutor uh, because I really want to learn the language uh, to connect with my in-laws who live here and um, of course to connect with the local people to read the signs uh, so with Spanish um, I know uh, from experience that you need Spanish to uh, travel in Sp uh, South America, but of course to live there, you need it. Uh, so tell us about uh, how did you learn? Uh, tell us about your journey to uh, becoming fluent in Spanish. Okay, so I was actually, I, I, exactly what you just said, that's kind of how I felt when I arrived. It was something I wanted to do at that time. I'd never learned a language. I wanted, and I was useless at languages at school. Like my French teacher, like hated me, and I just couldn't do it. Like it, it was awful, and and it was something I wanted to prove to myself. So when I did arrive, I did make a lot of effort. I hired the tutor. I had books that I studied, and yes, it was frustrating. This is one thing I say I learned. Although I did that study of the grammar and the structures and the components of the language at the start, so I was kind of slow to get going. But then I just went zoom as soon as because I kind of see language as a trunk. If you learn the structures, you put all the vocabulary, the lexis around it. So at the beginning, you can just learn a language and communicate very quickly, communicating the present tense. But if you want to get to things like 
it's called the subjunctive tense, which tense, which is a, a tense they use for hypo hypothetical situations, which doesn't exist in English. Things like that. You've got to do the groundwork to go. So I made a real effort, and it was it was it was frustrating. But I would say after about two three years, I started to make real progress. And you just kind of learning a language is not linear either. It's not like that. It's kind of like plain. I'm getting so frustrated. And then you up, and then you go along, and then you up. So it is, it is a very much a, a process that needs a lot of motivation to get going. And the great thing about language is you're not learning just words and phrases. You're learning an entire new culture because the way that things are looked at, the way things are said, the, the local intricacies of, of, of communication and different expressions that may exist in English or may not exist in English, the slang, it just gives you a window into a whole new world. And, and I really feel that I didn't learn a language, I learned a way of life. And now with the in-laws, it's actually um, my, um, in the, my, my partner's mother looks after our son when I'm at work in the office. I won't be able to communicate with her if I'm bothered doing that. So like, yeah, that's a case in point. It's, it's really important. I've actually got a uh, couple of customers that are in the age as well, actually. And they, uh, they say they haven't got the language. And, and it must be difficult. It must be difficult. That's all I can say. Yeah, definitely essential part of living in a different country, learning the culture, learning, uh, trying the food, and of course, uh, learning the language of the country that you're visiting or living in. Uh, so Mark, uh, final question here. I'm curious to know about what is the vision for the future? Uh, you're based in Colombia, you have a kid there, so of course, uh, quite hard to travel now with the, the little one. Uh, but tell us about what your vision is. Are you planning to stay indefinitely in Colombia? Planning to go to UK every now and then? Uh, what's your vision for your uh, your travels, for your business, for your family, and more. Okay, that's a really interesting question because I, <laughs> just to give you a bit of a scenario of how I'm going to answer that. If you'd have said to me eight years ago, in eight years, Mark, you're going to be living in Colombia with kids, speaking a different language, running an online business, and enjoying Colombian food, I'd have been like, <laughs> shut up. So I, I very much go on the ethos of never say never, okay? There is a, a part of me that says that I will not be here for the rest of my life. However, I don't know when that will change. Maybe that will be the United Kingdom. I love the USA. I absolutely love the USA. Maybe that'll be the USA. Maybe it'll be somewhere else in, in Latin America. I don't know. There's something inside me that tells me I won't be here forever. But certainly for the short term, we will be. In terms of, 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 of the, uh, the business, I believe that alignment with what you do is critical. Um, and whilst I teach LinkedIn, whilst I teach business-to-business -business sales, whilst I teach sales and marketing, that's, that's the surface layer. Below that, what I really believe in and what gets me out of bed every single day is helping business owners fulfill their potential in their business. Potential. I love teaching. I love training. And I just, uh, my mentor did this for me. Literally, my mentor changed my life in terms of helping me find my confidence, helping me find my potential, helping me get moving. And it's very much this experience that's inspired me. And that's my why. And I actually just did my um, values and mission statement. I've just read a book called Traction. So we're kind of implementing and getting ready to, to go up. And, and, and a part of that, very much my vision is to be, well, I believe we are a leader already in, in the LinkedIn field. But it's about getting business owners to fulfill their potential and through them impact lots of other people to fulfill their potential. So that's very much my vision for the business. Will it end up staying in LinkedIn? Will it end up staying in B2B? I don't know. Certainly that's what we get results in and that's very much our kind of vehicle to get results. And that's what it's about, results. 
Whilst I get results in LinkedIn, it'll be in LinkedIn. If it expands and we get results in other things, maybe it'll expand. But we've certainly got that foundation in place in terms of a great business, a great program, and we're going to build on that and see where it takes us. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to following you and your journey ahead. Uh, so, Mark, if people wanted to connect here, they might have some questions about your business, about your life in Colombia, yeah. uh, you know, learning the language and all the other stuff we talked about in the show here today. Uh, what's your website, social media? How can people reach out and connect? Okay, so my website is Mark Firth online. Someone had Mark Firth. I offered them a lot of money. Have you none of it? M-A-R-K, and my surname is Firth, F-I-R-T-H, online.com. And you can also find me on Facebook. We're mutual friends now, aren't we, Ricky? So, Mark Firth, I run a lot of my uh, business through my personal profile. I also have a Facebook group called The Linkedpreneurs, Lifestyle, Legacy, and Leadership with LinkedIn. Get a bit of alliteration in there. But, yeah, my website on my Facebook, and I'd be happy to have a chat about business, life, Colombia, travel, Latin America, whatever it is. Sounds great. I'll have those links below. So once again, uh, Mark's website is markfirthonline.com and I'll have the link to his uh, Facebook as well. You can connect there and on LinkedIn, of course, because that's his big forte and his passion. He also, he's also a podcaster and I had the chance to be on his podcast. So I'm going to have the link to the show uh, where I'm featured on Mark's show. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, make sure you subscribe to him on iTunes as well. And uh, make sure you subscribe to us as well. We're Digital Nomad Mastery across the web, uh, digitalnomadmastery.com. And uh, on a personal note, daddyblogger.com, if you're interested in family travel, fatherhood, and uh, you know, following our journey as we travel around the world. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Once again, apologies if there was any hiccups in the Wi-Fi in terms of video and audio. Uh, but hey, as I said, life is a digital nomad means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. So thanks, everyone, and happy travels.